when we get split up like this. Hey, never mind that, Polly. Take a look around this place. It looks like a... It is. It's a, it's a casino. Oh, um, that's where people come to bet money on games, Jamie. Like card games and dice games. And... Aye, right. You mean a gambling den. I have heard of places like that in that London of yours. There's nothing like this in my London. Look at all the card tables and the machines. We must be a long way into the future. I just wish the doctor were here. Oh, he'll turn up when he wants to. He's probably in there enjoying himself already. I mean, after all, he did say we were on holiday. He says that a lot, Jamie. And yet somehow we always seem to find ourselves... Oh, no. Look over there. What is it? I can't see anything. I just knew it. Everywhere we go, monsters, Jamie. There are monsters here. I was looking across the casino floor at a pair of... Well, they look like gangsters in their dark pinstripe suits, white ties and fedora hats. Except that they weren't human. The gangsters were... They had the heads of snakes. I've always hated snakes. And these particular snakes, these snake monsters, I could tell from the way their jackets bulged that they were armed. I was so busy staring at them that I bumped into someone. He rounded on me. And, to my utter dismay, it was another snake-headed gangster. It hissed at me. You dirty rat! You dare to disrespect the Sidewinder Syndicate! Well, I couldn't speak a word. I was frozen by a pair of, of glaring, red-slit eyes. I don't know what I would have done if... A row of fruit machines lit up, and they started paying out even though there was nobody playing them. Well, of course, this caused a mad scramble as people grabbed as many free chips as they could. It was enough to make the sidewinder forget about me. More snakes were hurrying over too. They waded into the scrum and started pulling people out of it by the scruffs of their necks. I saw that some of the sidewinders were reaching into their jackets. Step away from the machines. These tokens are the property of the house. Hey, what was that snake thing saying to you? If he was threatening you... No, Jamie, please. I don't want to cause a scene. I think the Sidewinder Syndicate, it looks like they must run this place. Oh, well, a bit trigger-happy for my liking. Let's just... Let's find the Doctor and Ben. I've had one close escape already and I don't want to push my luck. As it turned out, it was Ben who found Jamie and me. So, this is where you two been hiding out, is he? I thought you'd wandered off into the desert or something. Ben, are those casino chips in that cup? How on earth... Ben lowered his voice. Blimey, broadcast it to the whole world, why don't you? Here, Jamie, feast your peepers on this little lot. Where did you get them? 
Easy as pie, Duchess. You see that line of no-armed bandits back there? They were spitting out these things like crazy a minute ago. Oh, aye. We saw. You should put those chips back where you found them, Ben Jackson. You don't know what the Sidewinders will do if they... Not likely. Finders keepers, I always say. And anyway, I quite fancy a small flutter. I don't see why we should have to stand around here like lemons while everyone else has all the fun. Well... Jamie agreed with Ben, of course, and it turned out that Ben had already picked out a table to play at. I didn't recognise the game. Everyone at the table had one die, which they rolled together. The dice landed on a grid, which lit up in different colours, and then the numbers on the dice changed. It had something to do with... I couldn't tell. Something to do with the numbers on the dice around them and the colour of the part of the grid they'd landed in. And, well, Ben was doing no better than I was at working it out. He kept placing his chips and, after each roll of the dice, Croupier, a robot by the way, leaned over and took them all. The Croupier looked like a, a playing card, I suppose. All the croupiers did. This one had nine clubs on its white torso. Its face was blank, and it spoke in a perfectly neutral voice. No more bets, ladies and gentlemen. Please roll your dice. Ben, on the other hand, was becoming more agitated with every bet he placed and lost, and more determined to get the better of this exasperating game. I could see his brow furrowing as he tried to follow the changing numbers on the dice and the colours on the grid. All right, five credits on fours over red. No, blue with an easy 16 in the old. No, hang on, make that a heavy 12. Ugh, you're doing it all wrong, Ben. You're just throwing our money away. I couldn't watch this any longer. I asked Ben where he'd last seen the doctor. Ben motioned over his left shoulder with his thumb, but never took his eyes off the dice table. You should watch what that lady over there's doing. The, the one with the red hood and the, the china mask. She's winning nearly every time. I passed an enclosure filled with vicious-looking robot dogs. They were tearing at each other with jagged metal teeth like man-traps, while a frothing crowd bet on which dog would destroy the others. The more I saw of this establishment, the less I liked it. A figure leapt out from behind a pillar in front of me, and I gasped, but it wasn't a sidewinder as I'd feared. The figure was a short, older man with a grey beard. He wore a Stetson hat, a suede jacket with a fringe, blue jeans and tinted glasses. I'm mighty sorry if I put a fright into you, ma'am. I'm looking for a sponsor to help me out, you see. I can't give you any money. The cowboy looked offended. And I sure ain't after no handouts. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just assume... Lucky Bill's the name. And what I'm proposing is a straight-up investment opportunity. Any credits you can sub me, I'll double them on the red jack tables. Guaranteed. I have a foolproof system. If you did, you wouldn't need my money, would you? I sighed in disapproval. That's a fair point, ma'am, and I would like to explain... Don't tell me. I can guess. You're on a losing streak. The cowboy shook his head. Well, I can't deny the cards ain't falling my way lately, but Lucky Bill always bounces back. You ask anyone around these parts. I'd just darn near scoop the pot at three-card Vulcan Hold'em. Look, I told you, I can't give you any money. I don't have any money. And even if I did, 
The cowboy's shoulders sagged and he dropped the act. Look, lady, I'm pleading with you here. I'm into the syndicate big time, and you know what they'll make me do if... Please, I can't face playing the game of life. I can't. Well, he looks so desperate, so afraid. I knew that Lucky Bill's problems were self-inflicted, but even so, I just wish there was something I could do to help him. What's happening now? Blue lights were flashing everywhere. All I could think of was that I couldn't see any of my friends. I was sure that one of them must have got into trouble. Lucky Bill, however, didn't seem at all concerned. He told me not to worry, but what he said next made me worry even more. It's only the time travel alarm. The Sidewinders, every one of them that I could see, had drawn their guns. They were wading through the casino crowd, grabbing people one by one. They were yanking off their hats, if they had them, brushing back their hair. They were scanning their faces with... I think they must have had some kind of electronics in their cufflinks. You mean they're looking for time travellers? Lucky Bill tipped his Stetson hat at me. You're darn tootin' right they are, ma'am. Well, I got to chatting with a bonny lass, name of Hope. Hope had short red hair like a boy's and, and dimpled cheeks. She'd just been standing watching the dice game like I was. She told me she didn't have the money to play herself because she was still at school, although she looked at least 16 or 17 to me. Hope jumped like a spooked rabbit when the alarms went off. I tried to tell her I'd protect her, but she pushed past me and ran off. I looked at Ben, but he just shrugged. The dice players were placing their bets. It was the same at the other tables, too. <laughs> the alarm wasn't serious enough to stop the games. I did see one player leaving Ben's table, though. The lady in the china mask. She scooped her winnings into a handbag and rushed away. I went after Hope. I almost lost her near the opening to a, a, a huge canteen where, where a sign offered, all you can eat. Oh, I'd look into that later, I thought. Hope was crouched behind a pillar, fumbling inside a rucksack. She pulled out a metal bracelet and snapped it shut around her wrist. She was not pleased to see me. I asked her what she was doing, and she told me she was sorry. She said, I have to go, Jamie. I have to go because that alarm means the sidewinders are looking for me. The sneakheads? Well, what do they want? You really don't know, do you? They'd happily see me dead because of what I'm about to do. What, what you're about to... You're not making any sense. I wish I had a choice, said Hope. And she smiled at me, sadly. She flipped open a compartment in the bracelet to reveal a red button. She pressed the button and she vanished right in front of my eyes. Oh, Doctor, thank goodness. He was right in the thick of the commotion, but untouched by it. I didn't think he even noticed the alarm or the searching sidewinders. He was patting himself down and he frowned as he found something. He pulled a trinket from the pocket of his dishevelled jacket. What is it? I only wish I knew, Polly. I've never seen this bracelet before. I just bumped into a young woman and she... She must have planted it on you. The doctor rolled his shoulders. I could feel there was something off-kilter right away. I keep the contents of my pockets finely balanced. What did she look like, this woman? Well, I couldn't see, could I? She was wearing a, a cloak and a porcelain mask. Some religious order, I should think. 
Oh, no. We were in a gangway between two rows of machines with flashing lights and colour TV screens and... Oh, anyway, a sidewinder was making its way along this gangway with its face scanner and I remembered. Doctor, they're looking for time travellers. The casinos had problems with people going back in time and betting on the outcomes of games they've seen before. If they found out about us... But how could they have? Unless... The doctor had discovered a seam in the metal bracelet. He thumbed open a compartment with a small red button inside it. His face fell. Polly, I've just realised what this is. It's a time bangle. I didn't know what that meant, but I could guess. The sidewinder had been joined by two more, and one of them was pointing at the doctor and me and hissing. We backed away from them, but stopped as more sidewinders appeared behind us. We were surrounded. I think it might be best, Polly, if you pretended not to know me. Oh, but Doctor, I couldn't. I don't want to argue, Polly. It's me they want. It seems that somebody's gone to quite some effort to frame me. I wonder why. Well, I acted on an impulse. I moved away from the Doctor as he'd asked, but as I did, I snatched the time bangle from his hand and slipped it onto my own wrist. At least, I reasoned, the sidewinders wouldn't find the incriminating evidence on him. But the Doctor's reaction wasn't at all what I'd expected. Polly, no, you don't realise what you... And at that moment, two sidewinders reached him and pushed past as if they didn't care about him, as if they hadn't even noticed him. And a tingling dread crept over me as I realised it wasn't the doctor they wanted after all. It never had been. It was me. Oh, no, no! I tried to squeeze myself into a gap between two machines, it was hopeless, of course. I had nowhere to run, and even if I had, the sidewinders grabbed my arms. I was glad they wore gloves, because my skin crawled at the thought of their cold snake flesh touching me, and I could hear the doctor yelling at them to let me go. But they'd formed a barrier between us, and he couldn't reach me. A sidewinder scanned my face. It wrenched the bracelet off my wrist and held it up to me. So we have found our cheat. No, you've got this all wrong. Please be silent, Mammal. You are carrying an illegal time travel device. That alone is proof of your intent to swindle us. The monster's forked tongue flicked out between its fangs. I cringed away from it in disgust as it hissed, you are a dirty rat, and you know what we snakes do to dirty rats. It must have been about then that Ben was getting into trouble too. He'd been doing much better at the dice game, for a while, but only because he'd been following Jamie's advice. Not that he would have admitted it. He'd been watching the woman in the hood and the china mask and copying the bet she placed. But now the woman had left the table and Ben was back where he had started, losing heavily. He put the last of his chips down, made his roll and couldn't believe his luck. The dice, every one of them, 
had fallen Ben's way at last. But, oh, of course, hmm, there was a catch. One of the other players had a, a hard four in the blue trap, or something like that, and that meant some dice had to be rolled again, and the players had to stake more chips to stay in the game. And, of course, Ben had no more chips to stake until the croupier reminded him that free credit was available to new customers. Ben argued with me later. Well, what choice did I have? I could hardly walk away from all that lovely loot now, could I? Not when all I had to do was swipe me thumb across the screen and I was back in the game. And anyway, my luck was turning now, wasn't it? A few more rounds and I could earn back all the credits I'd lost. No problem. A dead cert. He sounded just like Lucky Bill. I couldn't find my way back to where I'd left Ben. I'd got turned around by all the lights and the noises everywhere. And I was fretting about hope. And Polly too, for that matter. That alarm had got the snakeheads good and riled and they were fair throwing their weight about. This was no place for a lady, that was for sure. And suddenly, there were voices crying out for help and screaming. So, of course, I ran towards them. I came around a corner and I saw... Robohounds, they were called. I knew that because I'd spied them fighting in a cage before. But now, they'd got loose. They were snapping at the crowd, dragging some of them down to the floor. The rest of the crowd were trampling each other in their attempts to get away. I crouched down and I slipped my duck out of my sock ready. If Hope or Polly were stuck in the middle of that lot... I was standing in a handsomely appointed office. There were leather chairs, oil paintings, wall lights, and a curved oak desk. Quite a contrast to the vulgar decor of the casino floor. Two sidewinders had brought me here through a maze of cold, bare corridors. They stood to each side of me, straight-backed. They had told me, The boss will deal with you. I seemed to have been waiting for ages. Then at last, a pair of velvet curtains parted. I held my breath. I don't know what I expected the Sidewinder's boss to look like. An enormous serpent or something. But it was just a woman who stepped into the room. To my relief. She was slender, dark-skinned, and draped in an elegant red and chartreuse kimono. She gave me an appraising look. So this is the one... The sidewinder to my left placed the time bangle on the desk. Please, madam, we caught her with this. Clearly she was intending to... Intriguing, said the woman, and I realised she was talking to me. You are more seasoned than my usual clientele. She's a lousy, cheating mammal. In our day, that would have earned her a shallow grave in the desert. But this isn't your day, Snake. This place is mine now, and you would do well to remember it. The woman's eyes flashed, and the sidewinders actually backed away from her. Yes, madam. As you say, madam. You are dismissed. Another situation has developed by the robo-hound pit. Deal with it. The woman returned her gaze to me as the sidewinders left the room. She cupped my chin with her long, manicured fingers, and I felt as if her dark eyes were boring into my skull. 
My name is Fortune. To the snakes, I am Miss Fortune. What do they call you, my dear? And I found myself frozen, unable to speak again, because, because Fortune may not have been a monster, not like the Sidewinder Syndicate were monsters, not on the outside, but I was starting to realise that she could be something even worse. This woman was what the monsters feared. The hound was charging along the gangway towards me. His eyes were blazing red and I reckon his teeth could have chomped through cannonballs. But I knew how to deal with metal beasties. I stood my ground as everyone around me ran. The hound leapt at me but sailed over my shoulder as I dropped underneath him. As he landed, I jumped onto his back and I got my arm around his throat. He struggled like a wild stallion, but he couldn't throw me off. I thrust my blade into the robo-hound's eye and pushed on it with all my might. A jolt of pain shot through me and I was flung to the ground. It felt like... Yes, it was like that time the Salations had grabbed me and tried to kill me. I wasn't dead, though, and my attack had done the trick. The lights in the hound's eyes flickered and went out, and his clawed feet splayed out underneath him. He went down like a heap of scrap. I reached gingerly for my duck, and I pulled it out of the dead hound's eye. I felt a wee bit unsteady on my feet. Hmm, had a bit more to learn about metal beasties, that's for sure. I'd have to ask the doctor about it when I saw him. The snakehead had arrived, and not before time either. The robohounds were no match for those space guns of theirs, so it looked like things would soon be under their control. I thought I'd best to slip away before they started asking questions. I turned and almost bumped into a, a short fellow, grey-beard, wearing a cowboy hat. He was walking with someone I thought I'd seen before. Aye, that was right, at the dice table. The lady with the red cloak and the china mask. The one who had kept on winning. To my surprise, she called out my name. I frowned. Hey, I know that voice. But it can't be. What are you doing here? Would you say you were a lucky person? Fortune's question took me by surprise. Well, I, I don't know. I never gamble, if that's what you're asking me. I... <laughs> My dear, please, I know gamblers. What's that supposed to mean? She didn't answer me. She sat down behind her desk. She ran her long fingers over its surface, which lit up with a pattern like a typewriter keyboard. Strange alien symbols streaked across the desk in front of her. I must apologise for my security staff, incidentally. They had no right to alarm you. They didn't, I asserted. But I was lying, and Fortune knew it. Their ancestors were stranded on Old Earth in the 20th century, a city called Chicago, I believe, in the 1940s. The 1920s! Prohibition! Yes, of course. She raised an eyebrow, and I wondered if I'd said too much. She went on. They took to their new home a little too enthusiastically. She brushed the desk and the keyboard pattern disappeared. If you can... If you can sense so much about me, then you'll know I'm no cheat. That bracelet the Sidewinders found on me... Oh, my dear, I have no interest in your petty larcenies. 
Fortune stood and began to prowl the room again, making me feel uneasy. You interest me. A young lady who doesn't consider herself a gambler, but has staked her life on the greatest game of all. Don't deny it. I can smell it on you. That heady cocktail of hope, anxiety, fear, guilt. That, that's, that's ridiculous. But ah, the elation of the near miss. It's what makes your heart beat. You'd risk anything for that high. The problem is, the longer you play the game, the better you understand its rules. You couldn't see it to begin with, how the odds were stacked against you. Now you know your luck can't possibly last forever, and yet you can't stop playing. I swallowed hard. Look, if you aren't going to charge me or, or something, then let me go. Not yet, my dear. Fortune clicked her fingers and a flat screen on the office wall lit up. I want to play a little game first. The screen displayed a view of the casino floor, and the picture was centered on one particular game. At least, I assumed it was a game. It consisted of a pair of glass booths sitting on a raised platform. The booths lit up, and a neon sign above them flashed in different colors. It read, Game of Life. I heard Ben's voice before he appeared on the screen. Two sidewinders were dragging him up onto the platform, and he was kicking and shouting. The snakes had a second prisoner, Lucky Bill, but the cowboy didn't struggle with them as Ben did. He walked between his two guards with his head bowed and shoulders slumped in resignation. What are you doing to them? House rules. Any customer who can't settle his account upon demand can be made to... But Ben doesn't owe you anything. You're mistaken. Your friend opened a line of credit with the casino about 30 minutes ago. I groaned. Oh, no. The idiot. But you... You're calling in the debt already? You can't do that. Fortune's eyes hardened. I can do as I wish. There is no law upon this arid world but my law. No rules but the house rules. The sidewinder shut Ben inside one of the glass booths and Lucky Bill inside the other. A crowd was gathering and I didn't like the looks on some of their faces. Right, they wanted blood and they knew they were going to get it. Fortune boasted. The game of life is my centerpiece attraction. She tapped the wall by the screen and a panel dropped open. Behind it were two big round flashing buttons like oversized mushrooms. In the ceiling of each of the players' booths is a disintegrator ray. These buttons activate the rays, but their functions have been randomized. Even I don't know which buttons connects to which booth. Press a button and one player will die. But the other will be freed, and his debt to me cancelled. He will win his life back. That's monstrous! On the contrary, this is gambling in its purest form, my dear, for the ultimate stakes and the ultimate pot. All or nothing. Fortune stepped aside and indicated the flashing buttons. Well, my heart leapt into my throat. Please, I couldn't. Come, come. Fortune licked her lips. 
She was enjoying my distress, almost seeming to drink it in. An even chance of life for your friend. You have played for worse odds, I know you have. But the odds aren't even, because if Ben... If, if he survives, the other player has to die, and I'll have... Don't pretend he would be the first, snapped Fortune. For every winner, there always has to be a loser. That's the nature of the game. The lights around the two booths were flashing faster and faster. Ben was hammering on the door of his booth, while Lucky Bill slumped hopelessly against the side of his. The crowd was reaching fever pitch. It's time. Choose a button, my dear, or I will. The lights around the two booths were flashing faster and faster. Ben was hammering on the door of his booth while Lucky Bill slumped hopelessly against the side of his. The crowd was reaching fever pitch. It's time. Choose a button, my dear. Or I will. I chose a button. I leapt across the office and grabbed the time bangle from Fortune's desk. I pressed the button on that. Well, I felt as if I was being pulled inside out. I fell against the desk, gasping. I held onto it as the room swam back into focus around me. I was afraid I'd gone nowhere. But then I realised that the screen on the wall was blank and that I was alone. Fortune had disappeared. Or rather, I had. How far back in time had I gone, I wondered. Hours? Days? Weeks? I looked nervously at the curtain through which Fortune had first appeared. I thought I could hear movement behind it. I ran to the door. The corridor outside was empty, except for a closed-circuit television camera, which was swivelling towards me. I didn't have as much time as I'd hoped. I started running. I started towards my masked friend, full of questions. Then... Two sidewinders stepped into view behind her, with her guns aimed at her head. This is your last warning. And I realised that the fella she was with, uh, the cowboy, he wasn't just walking with her, he was holding a knife to her throat. Release the hostage and surrender or we shoot. The cowboy told them to keep their distance. He said he'd warn them what he'd do to the girl if they didn't. He only wanted them to let him go, he said. One look at the snakehead's faces told me there was no chance of that. I flew around a corner and ran into two snake gangsters. The only thing that saved me was that they were as surprised as I was. They hissed at me to stop. 
but I'd already backed up and taken another turning. The sidewinders fired after me, but I couldn't surrender now. Too much was at stake. At last, I found an archway that opened onto the casino floor. I hurtled through it and took cover behind a handy machine. I flattened myself against it, peered around it. My two pursuers had already reached the archway. They were scanning the casino crowd for me. As I watched, they separated and began to search the floor, both in the wrong direction. I'd made it! I'd escaped! I wanted to, to punch the air. My heart was pounding in my chest. I heard a familiar voice. Oh, Doctor, thank goodness. Well, I suppose I ought to have been prepared for this. I was looking at myself. I was running up to the doctor, evidently relieved to see him. He was patting himself down, and he frowned as he found something. He pulled a trinket from the pocket of his... Wait a minute, I thought. That meant... Yes, there she was, the woman in the red hood and the china mask. I'd last seen her at the dice table, but the doctor had described a brief encounter with her too. That encounter had just occurred, and the woman was scuttling away from him. I ran to intercept her. The woman started as I stepped out in front of her. I showed her the time bangle. Lost something? How? Um, I mean, where did you... I want to see who I'm dealing with. Take off the mask, or, or I'll call security over here, and I'll tell them... Okay, anything you say. My bluff, because it had been a bluff, had worked. The woman removed her mask. I wouldn't advise it, hombre. I tried to sneak up on the cowboy when he was busy with the snakes. He rounded on me and tightened his grip on my friend. She squealed, and I backed away quickly with my hands up. N now, let's not be hasty, eh? I I'm only trying to help. The cowboy snarled. The only way you can help me is to take a powder, hombre. I don't want to have to hurt her. No one is going anywhere. The hairy mammal is a saboteur in cahoots with our rivals. But don't you see? You gave me no choice. Then you confess. A fella came up to me. Yeah, he didn't tell me he was with the Rattler mob. Not at first. All I knew was he was offering me, well, not enough to pay back everything I owe, but enough to get me back in the game. And all I had to do was... You attached pulse grenades to the slot machines. You cost the Syndicate thousands of credits. You dirty rat. Ah, so you're saying it was him that, that, that's that been sending your gizmos haywire. But I swear, I, I didn't... I didn't realize how close I was to the Robo-Hound pit. I didn't know that that last grenade would... Well, it would scramble their computer brains, too. I didn't mean to. All the time we'd been talking, I'd been backing away from the cowboy. He had been following right after me, and the snakeheads had been following him. But I'd backed up as far as the dead robot dog now, the one I'd stabbed through the eye. And when the cowboy wasn't watching, I gave it a quick nudge with my toe. The effect was all I'd hoped for. The robo-hound reared up with one last splutter, and the cowboy flinched. He didn't know which way to point his blade for a second, and his hostage seized her chance. She broke free of him, sent him reeling into one of the machines. At the same time, I rushed forward, but the sidewinders started firing, and they didn't seem to care who they hit with their energy beams. Like I said, trigger happy. 
The face behind the China mask was younger than I'd expected it to be and more familiar. The woman, the girl, had short red hair and dimples. My name is Hope and yes, I've been cheating the casino. But please, don't tell, but you... I saw you at the dice table too, at the same time as... But that means you must have... I used the time bangle, yes. I was at the dice table twice over. The first time to watch how the dice fell, the second time, disguised by the mask and cloak, to play. Then you walked away with your ill-gotten gains and you planted the evidence on the doctor. Why him? At least Hope had the decency to look shamefaced. I needed a stranger. I would have waited for him outside the casino and picked his pocket. He'd never have known... As long as he made it out past the sidewinders. You heard the alarm. If the cameras see someone in two places at once, I, I thought I'd be safe behind my mask, but somehow I knew it was me they were looking for, and I couldn't let them find me with a... Oh, no! No, they weren't. Not for you. I remembered the security camera outside Fortune's office. Hope saw me looking at the time bangle and her eyes widened. She snatched it from me. You used it too! You... you idiot! Do you know how many credits this cost me? And you burned it out! It's useless! Well, I hardly had a choice. Thanks to you, I'm the one the Sidewinders are hunting, while my friend... I trailed off. I couldn't waste time arguing when Ben needed me. I wondered if I could still get to him before he borrowed from the casino. I was afraid it had probably already happened. Hope's eyes narrowed as she looked at me. You've done this before, haven't you? I mean, travelled in time? Of course I have. Then you know you can't change a future you've already seen. The paradox could wipe you out of existence. Hope's words rang all too true to me. I had learned a lesson before about interfering with history. I had an idea. All right. I'll let you go, and I won't tell the Sidewinders what I know about you, on one condition. When the dust settled, I was lying flat on my belly. The cowboy had dropped his knife and surrendered. The lady in the china mask was cowering between two smoking machines, and I scrambled over to her on my elbows and knees. I didn't think she'd been shot, but her mask had come off in the scuffle, and I could see her pretty face now. I put my arm around her to comfort her. The snakeheads hauled the cowboy to his feet. Then they turned on my friend and ordered her to stand too. Why? What's she done? This mammal is known to the syndicate as a cheat. Oh, you're touched. Can you not see that she's the victim here? She... Suddenly, the cowboy started howling and yelling and, and trying to break free. I heard something about... About a game he didn't want to play. Anyway, it distracted the snakeheads long enough for my friend to grab a pile of casino chips from her pocket and push them onto me. Where did this lot come from? They weren't telling the truth, the snakeheads? You didn't really... Please, Jamie, don't ask any questions. Just take the chips before the sidewinders see them. They're Ben's only hope. As soon as I left Hope, I hurried back to where I'd left the doctor. I spotted him at a game table. He was arguing with its robot croupier, gesticulating wildly. What on earth was he up to? I kept my distance. He was starting to attract attention, and even in the disguise I had taken from Hope, 
the red cloak and the china mask. I didn't want to get too close to the sidewinders. They must have captured my my past self by now, but that didn't mean they weren't still looking for the other me. And I had to find the game of life. I had to pay off Ben's debt and stop the game before it reached its grisly conclusion. And that's why I had... I wasn't proud of myself, but I had taken Hope's casino chips from her too, the one she'd won. I mean stolen, at the dice table. I had to ask for directions to the game. As I approached it, forcing myself not to run, I could hear a disturbance up ahead. I hesitated. It might not have been safe to press forward, but how much time would a detour cost me? Then four sidewinders thundered past me with their Tommy guns drawn. My disguise worked, fortunately, and they didn't notice me. I made up my mind to follow them, so any threat would have to get past them to reach me. Or so I thought. I was passing an abandoned table when I heard... a robot dog. It was up on the table, playing with a roulette wheel. The sidewinders had charged past it without seeing it. I stifled a scream with my hand and began to back away. Too late. The dog's antenna-like ears spun and its metal body stiffened. Its head snapped up and it fixed me with a fierce red glare. The dog, it, it sprang at me. I couldn't get out of its way. It clawed at my face and would have ripped my skin to shreds had it not been for my china mask. I knew the mask wouldn't protect me, however, against those man-trap teeth. I was saved by... I couldn't see who it was. All I knew was that he had bravely taken hold of my assailant from behind and and hurled it away from me. The dog landed behind the roulette table with a crash and some mechanism inside must have broken because it couldn't right itself. I recognise my saviour now. Of all people, it was Lucky Bill, the cowboy. But, but the last time I'd seen him, he'd been playing the game of life with Ben. Of course... I realised that hadn't happened yet, but it would. I could warn him, I thought. If I dared... I'm mighty sorry, ma'am, he said. I frowned. What for? You just saved my life. For putting you in harm's way in the first place. And for this. And suddenly he had me by the arm and he was pressing a knife blade to my throat. Only a table knife from the buffet, I imagined, but it felt sharp enough. I wondered what had possessed him until I saw them. Two sidewinders. They were advancing upon us with their guns levelled, and at first I thought they must have come for me. Then one of them hissed, We saw what you did. Stay back. I mean it, stay back, or I swear I'll slit the little lady's throat. Lucky Bill bundled me into a gangway between machines, but almost bumped into someone there. Someone I was glad to see, although of course he couldn't have recognised me in my disguise. I cried out to him, Jamie! Hey, I know that voice, but it can't be. What are you doing here? And after all that, I was right back where I'd started, in the gloved hands of the sidewinders, being frog-marched across the casino floor. But at least I'd been able to slip Hope's chips to Jamie, while the snakes had been busy with Lucky Bill. I just hoped he'd understood me when I told him what he had to do with them. 
Suddenly, a croupier wheeled into our path. It was patterned after the Four of Spades. Please place your bets, it said. My two escorts scowled and pushed it aside impatiently. But there was a second robot right behind it, the Jack of Hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, the red jack tables are now open. The table minimum is five credits. Please place your bets. And suddenly, there were robot croupiers all around us, pressing in on us with their blank white faces. I was afraid they might crush me. Until a gap opened between the robots, and someone took my hand and pulled me clear of the scrum. I almost. I opened my mouth to protest, because I was sure my captors would. And then I realized it was the doctor who had hold of me, and that the croupiers had. They'd closed in again behind me. They were keeping the sidewinders from coming after me. And now the doctor and I were running. But what about Ben, doctor, and, and Jamie? The most important thing is we get you out of here. I wish you hadn't taken that time bangle, Polly. If you hadn't. He stumbled to a halt. He looked around and his face lengthened in dismay. Oh, no. I, I thought you were going the right way to the door. But all these machines look the same to me. I, I don't know where we are. Well, now it was my turn to take the doctor's hand. I led him back the way we'd come, but made a right turn at the now empty Robo Hound Pit. We passed the dice table at which Ben had played, and the machines that, thanks to Lucky Bill, had given him the means to do so. We passed plenty of sidewinders, but they were too busy fending off the robot croupiers to worry about us. I asked the doctor what he'd done to them. He mumbled an explanation which I didn't entirely follow. It was something about about persuading them that the only viable customers for their games were the sidewinders. It's amazing what you can make a machine intelligence believe with logic and a ball-peen hammer. And finally, we had the way out in our sights, and I knew that the TARDIS was just beyond those open doors. But, oh, we were so close, and then... Two sidewinders appeared from nowhere to bar our path, and we turned around, but there were two more behind us, and another two closing in from the right, and this final pair, they were flanking a slender woman with dark skin whose long, elegant kimono swept the floor as she approached us. Oh no, my dear, I don't think so. Fortune smirked at me triumphantly. Then she turned to the doctor her dark eyes alive with interest. I could see that she unnerved him almost as much as she did me. His hand played about his unbuttoned shirt collar as if to loosen it even further. Fortune's gaze stayed fixed upon him as she addressed me again. I cannot let you leave the table, I'm afraid. Not while the game is in progress. And especially not now that I have seen my prize. So what the blooming heck's happening here, then? I brightened at the sound of Ben's cheery voice. I broke away from the sidewinders to run to meet him. They didn't stop me. Well, it wasn't as if I could go anywhere. They had set up a cordon around an oblong poker table. A crowd had gathered behind it, keen to see what was happening, and Ben and Jamie had fought their way to the front. Some kind of showdown, is it? A chance to see the eye rollers in action? And what are you doing that side of the barricade, Duchess? You 
working here as a cocktail waitress now? Before I could answer him, a section of the crowd parted and the sidewinders escorted Fortune and the Doctor through. They sat down across from each other at the table. Ben groaned. Oh, blimey, should have guessed, shouldn't I? Is the Doctor joining in the games now? He's playing one game, Jamie, against the casino's owner. For his... Well, I begged him not to do it, but you know the Doctor. He insisted on... What, Polly? What is it? Fortune. That's the owner's name. She said, because I'd broken her stupid rules by time travelling, she... she had the right to... Well, the Doctor staked his life against mine. If he wins this game, we can all go free. But if he loses... Ben whistled through his teeth. You don't do things by halves, do you? I let you out of my sight for half an hour and look at the pickle you go and get yourself into. I like that. After everything I went through because of you, Ben Jackson. Well, you just wait until the next time you... It wasn't worth it. I sighed in exasperation and let it go. At the table, the doctor was fumbling inside his jacket. Now, we did agree it was my choice of deck, didn't we? Good, good. Then, I choose this one. And he produced the most tattered pack of playing cards you ever did see. He began to shuffle them. But a sidewinder stepped forward and snatched them from him. It spread the cards out across the table and... <laughs> oh, Doctor, they were Happy Family's cards. The sidewinder hissed, its tongue flicking out of its mouth. But Fortune's lips twitched and she waved the angry snake away. She nodded to the Doctor, who gathered up the cards gratefully and began to deal. Of course, there being only two of us, we'll have to play with a dummy hand. I heard Ben behind me. There you go then, now to worry about, is there? He always knows what he's doing, does our Doctor. Oh, I'm not so sure, Ben. The last time the Doctor gambled, he lost a TARDIS at backgammon to some Chinese Emperor character. He told me. I crossed the fingers of both my hands as the game began. Fortune went first. She asked the Doctor for Master Mug, the milkman's son, and he stuck out his lower lip sullenly as he surrendered the card to her. Polly! P Polly! I did as you said. I took the gambling chips to the game of life, but... Yes, Jamie, I know you did. Thank you. But it wasn't just Ben in the game. The cowboy was there too. Uh, Lucky Bill, was that his name? Only he... Well, I reckon there wouldn't be enough money in the world to pay off his debts. And the snakeheads, oh, they were none too happy about even letting Ben go. They said the cowboy had to play the game again, just as soon as he could find someone else to play with him. They said he'd have to keep on playing until they... Oh, Jamie, please, I can't even think about that right now. I knew he was right, though. We couldn't just abandon Lucky Bill, or anyone, to such a horrible fate. Oh, and there's one more thing. I met a wee lassie here. She, she pressed a, a button on a bracelet she was wearing, and she just... She, well, she disappeared. I've been trying to find her since, but I just don't know it's where... It's all right, Jamie. I met Hope, too. And she's... I, 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 that's right, Hope! Now, she told me she was in trouble with the snakeheads, and I promised her I'd be... She's on a spaceship right now, Jamie, heading home and thanking her lucky stars that... Well, it's a little complicated. I'll explain it to you later. The game was not going well. The Doctor's hand was full of cards, twice as many as Fortune had in hers, and he was mopping his brow with his handkerchief, which couldn't have been a good sign. 
I held my breath as he dithered over his next move. He asked for a card, then changed his mind too late. Fortune smirked and shook her head. The doctor had to draw from the dummy hand. It was Fortune's turn now, and she opened her mouth to speak, but then the doctor interrupted her with a polite little cough. <clears throat> he laid a family of four cards down on the table, then another, and another, until his hand was completely empty. Well, I'm not sure that's how you're supposed to play the game, but it would certainly do for me. Congratulations. The doctor thanked Fortune, but his voice was devoid of any warmth. He collected his cards and stuffed them back into his jacket. Now, we had an agreement, I believe. Best two games out of three? The doctor wasn't amused. This casino, this world, it will be better off with you gone. You're nothing but a psychic leech feeding off these people's desperation and their misery. Don't forget their hopes, their excitement, their elation. The doctor remained unmoved. Fortune pushed back her seat and stood up. Her dark eyes played over him for a moment. Ah, oh, but when I look at what I could have won! And then she spread out her arms and she... It was like she was being dispersed on the wind. Except that, of course, there was no wind. One moment she was there, the next there was only a red mist lingering in the air. And then nothing. Fortune was gone. It didn't take very long for her audience to disperse too. The show was over, so they went to seek their entertainment elsewhere. The cordon around the card table was dropped as the sidewinders crowded around the doctor. They asked him if their former mistress might return. He said he didn't think she would. A sidewinder hissed. Then the casino is ours again. Oh, well, I suppose so, but... The doctor gripped his lapels, like the old doctor used to do. But I expect to see a few changes around here, he said sternly. You can start by dismantling the so-called game of life. Certainly. In the future we will deal with dirty rats in the traditional manner. But that's not what I... The doctor wailed. But the sidewinders were no longer listening to him. Ben, Jamie and I made it to the doctor's side, and Ben clapped him on the shoulder. Time to quit while you're ahead, mate. Hi. I think we could all do with a, a sit-down and a nice hot cup of tea. I didn't say a word. I threw my arms around the doctor and hugged him for all I was worth. He seemed surprised, but flattered. Oh, Polly, <laughs> you weren't really worried about me, were you? Of course I was. You took a dreadful chance. People like us, like you and me, Ben and Jamie, we make our own luck. I thought you'd have known that by now. He glanced behind him to make sure no one was listening. Then he leaned close to my ear and confided in me, and I never go anywhere without a spare Mrs. Bun up my sleeve, for emergencies, you see. I couldn't tell if he was joking or not. I let the others go ahead to the TARDIS. There was one last thing I had to do. Someone I had to see. 
I found him feeding a slot machine with casino chips. I asked him just what he thought he was doing. Ain't you heard the news, ma'am? The Sidewinder Syndicate are back in the saddle. And yes, I did hear that. And they've declared an amnesty to celebrate. They sprung me from their hoosgow and rode off my debt to boot. I'm a free man again. Then why are you still here? Are you kidding me? An hour ago I was a goner, and look at me now. A fresh bucket full of chips and seats in two big prize tournaments. It's like I always tell people, Lucky Bill always bounces back. You've taken up more credit, haven't you? You bet your cowboy boots I have. It's my lucky day, ma'am, and I'm sure gonna make the most of it while it lasts. Yee-haw! I could see there was no getting through to him. Lucky Bill dropped another chip into the machine. He pushed a button to spin the reels. I did the only thing I could. I walked away. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles. The Scorchies. Joe is making a thing. It's held together with a piece of string. What a lovely thing to sing about Joe making a thing. Hello everyone. Welcome one and all to the Scorchy Show. Joe. Josephine Grant. I... I'm a friend of the doctor's, and I've come here to defeat you. A story! A story! A story! Oh dear, I'm no good at stories. Joe is making a thing. It's held together with a piece of string. What a lovely thing to sing about Joe making a thing. Twinkle, twinkle, little death. Time to draw your last breath! <laughs> Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of The Companion Chronicles and I'm here with Annika Wills. Hello, Annika. Hello. Steve Lyons, who's Hello. the writer, and Lisa Bauman, who's the director. Hello. We've been doing House of Cards. We have. Annika. <laughs> you like doing these, don't you? I've noticed you come in all bright and breezy and happy. You know? 
Oh, I love it. I just love it. It's what I was trained to do, so I love doing it. <laughs> and so you come in here today and you've got Americans to play and yes. monsters yes. and everything, yes. haven't you? Yes, a cowboy. That was fun. Yee-haw! You know, when you're doing, what's handy is when you're doing a voice is to have that little key. So Lucky Bill's um, key was yee-haw! And once you do that, then you're into the voice. Mm. Do you spend yes. a long time immersing yourself in the script? Yes, I do. I work yeah. ever so hard. Yeah, yes, yeah. I do. I'm quite a far ahead, actually, because you were in contact with us. As soon as you got the script, you were working on Panicking. Oh, <laughs> How no am I going to do the snake voices? No need to panic. <laughs> no. Oh, we've had Fraser in today. He had to leave around lunchtime. I just wondered, was that the first time you'd recorded together or since you made the show, doing a Doctor Who? Do you know, is it? Because although we've done stories, we've done it separately, haven't we? We've, in we've... the past, yeah. Yes, I think. I think that might be true. So it was lovely. Gosh. It was lovely to work with him. Have his, a... have his jokes got any better? <laughs> Do you know what? As I get older, they just go right at the top of my head. I don't, I don't know what you're saying. And what did you think of this particular script for Polly? How do you think it counts? Smashing. It's smashing because now Steve has really got my character down good, you see, because she's, she's um, a, a sweet, touching moment with, with Patrick at the end, which I which I loved. But yeah, you know, that that I'm 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 the real Polly character, which is which is just everything, kind of kind of scared, but going for it anyway, and kind of in charge and running around and trying to sort everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> and let's go to Steve. Hello. Um we were talking about the brief you got for this earlier. Um, mm -hmm. did you want to fill us in on that story? Um yeah we'd um I think you came to me just off the back of the Salation Gambit that had just been released and we were just talking about doing something similar, doing a season four monsters, um, a, a chance for Anik at this time to play the monster because last time it was Fraser. Uh, you know, and a kind of typical, it's not quite a base under siege story because the monsters are in there at the beginning, but you know, which we're channeling that sort of era. Mm. And you must have been thrilled with the reaction to Salation Gambit. I mean, it was widely loved, wasn't it? I was yeah, very happy with it, yeah. I, heard, I didn't get to the recording of that one, so when I heard the CD and, you know, all the performances and the production on it, I mean, it just sounded fantastic. It it sounded like, you know, like it could have been made at the time. It, it felt almost nostalgic, like it was a real slice of season four Doctor Who. So, yeah, I couldn't have been more happy with that. Mm. Well, you've said before that that is one of your favourite eras of the show. I just yeah. wondered what mm -hmm. it is that, that particularly attracts you to, to that lineup. To, to begin with, I mean, it's it starts with the War Machines. It's when Ben and Polly come in and, and they're the first real contemporary companions and it really feels like a, a breath of fresh air and everything's new and now. Uh, so, you know, I, ju I just love those those characters. And as you go into the, the Patrick Troughton era, um, there's a lot of four-part stories. Um, so none of them outstay the welcome. There's a, there's a lot of nice different ideas, uh, different types of story in, in that era. Then when Jamie comes along, I mean, you know, he really had something as well as like the, the, the slightly dim younger brother of the Tidies crew who's learning from uh, the more seasoned companions. So And there's such a warmth in that lineup, I think, as well. And without giving too much away, you are currently working on another story for Working the same something for the same lineup I yeah. mean, does, does it get more of a challenge to come up with new ideas for the same characters or are you just in the zone now it, it does a little bit because yeah each time you want to say something you know just just a little bit new about the characters just just put them in a slightly different 
position so yeah each time I'm, I'm very aware of what's gone before and trying to find some way of building on that or you know some some twist we can do and I'm going to go to Lisa Bowman. Hello. The, the blunt and tarnished Lisa the Bowman. Blunt, <laughs> Fraser Corsi. Tarnished <laughs> and rusty and God knows what else. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, um, after working with him, yeah. <laughs> so how would you describe the tone of this one? I like the setting. I've actually, uh, a little while ago, I, di I directed one that was also in a, a casino, one of the um, Graceless episodes. And the whole of that atmosphere of, you know, freak machines and... Uh, roulette wheels and all that sort of stuff it just adds a certain ambience to any story that you do and I think we can really play that up as much as we can because we're surrounded by dens of vice and um, in terms of the, the the betting the whole atmosphere of that works very well and there's proper jeopardy in this as well because uh, you don't know whether Ben's gonna live or die because mm. he's a bit of a gambler I think also that that whole nature of gambling and how far you go and what would you be prepared to do if all the chips were down? I don't know. I quite like that idea. Hmm. And there's lots of specific effects you can play with oh, in this yeah, 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 world yeah. to create. Absolutely, a whole world. And, and I say it's 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 also very good for audio because if you've ever, if any of you ever been to a casino, I mean, I've been to Las Vegas a couple of times, and there is all that weird, um, weird little tunes all the fruit machines play and the clack of the um, casino and the, and the roll of the dice and all of those, you know, playing cards. And it just sums up one kind of mad world and it is a mm. mad world everybody's mm. very focused on something that's completely insane actually mm. <laughs> if you really pair it apart and so there's lots good. of different shifts in tone in a way aren't there because some of the yeah. characters are quite large in the night but then it goes quite yeah, dark yeah absolutely I mean, I mean as we were talking about earlier we didn't want to go too far down the um, carry on cowboy um route and i think there's enough darkness in there despite the fact that they you know the snakes have based themselves off the chicago um gangsters and the james cagney thing dirty rat stuff there's got to be a real threat there otherwise you don't really care about what happens to anybody and uh, oh yeah there's a lot to be played with that and should we just name check our special guest star in this episode? I think we should. I think we should. I think, you know, we had a suggestion that, that, that we might be lucky enough to get him in. And yeah. uh, we did. We it was one... tough call. He had a film to do. Didn't he you? did have so a film to do, but he <laughs> slipped us in between his Hollywood gigs. And we had, we were very lucky to have the very good Mr. Matt Evenden. Playing the, playing the croupiers. Playing the croupiers. Yeah. And I say we, we couldn't have topped him, but I think we were uh, blessed. I think he wants to keep that voice effect in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Toby added a lovely special effect. <laughs> <laughs> Which made him sound very scary. No, no, no. <laughs> it was excellent. We're very happy with that. Thank you very much. Well, we'll be back again the same team for Hooray! a future one. So, oh, goody, goody. We shall see you soon. Thank you. Thank see you. Soon. Thank you. Bye.